Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander. Fresh in 2018, Bill. Good. Oh my goodness. Good morning to you. Happy New Year. How are <laughs> you doing? New, happy New Year to you, Jason. And and brr, it's cold outside. Oh, you know. Man. You know. Normally at 11 o'clock in the morning on a nice Saturday morning, <laughs> you like to be outside and do some things. I hope everyone is inside today. I mean, uh, this week has just been so cold. Uh, I can only think of one thing that's really good about this cold weather, uh, Jason, and and that is that when you have a week of cold weather like we've had where it's just bone-chilling cold, it it, uh, has one positive effect, and that is that it uh, kills a lot of the bugs um, or it, it, it at least reduces the number of bugs for our wonderful spring and summer, if it will ever come back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other thing that I noticed this week is that the uh, the Northerners got a, a little bit quieter this week. Usually there's a, yeah, oh, you guys don't know what cold is. Uh, uh, well, we, we didn't hear as much of that this week. Well, truthfully, we don't get this kind of weather every year. No, I mean, not for is, this long. No, anyway. yeah. It's, uh, we have a small pond at our house, and it is completely frozen frozen over. Yeah, I believe I su- it. I suspect you could ice skate on it at this point. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't wanted, would not have wanted to do that early in the week, but at this point it's probably fairly safe to do, although I would never try that uh, anyway, not on a, uh, you know, we don't have cold enough weather to really uh, no, to do no, that no. kind of thing safely. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine you doing did, that. Did you hear uh, earlier in the week, or actually I guess it was last weekend, when there were some duck hunters that actually got, uh, they, they were crazy. I mean, people who hunt uh, in this kind of weather are pretty <laughs> courageous i think but uh, these nice fellows actually uh got trapped in their boat the, oh man the, basically the the water froze around the boat where they couldn't get out <laughs> so that made for a fun story i could imagine heading yeah, home i mean uh, yeah i can't um um, can't imagine, but um, yeah, that would be a, a real sinking feeling to be uh, in a place where you can't get out, but you're, you know, it's I, I five guess you, degrees outside, and you're just. Uh, I guess you start shooting the ice at that point. I, I don't know what you do. Well, well Bill, we well, they get, had to be rescued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess that's one of the blessings of cell phone technology. At least you can call for help, uh, which which is a good thing. That's right. We can thank technology for that. Absolutely. Um, but it it uh, you know I I do hope that uh, that folks had a wonderful holiday season um, and they got through it well. I, and uh, of course. Uh, you might have felt like you were trapped indoors, <laughs> and that's a good thing, you know, so that you can visit and, and that sort of thing. So it, it was, uh, at least for us, it was a nice family time, uh, and we certainly enjoyed it, and I hope everyone had a, a great holiday. Uh, but now it's back to business. That's and, right. And, um, uh, you know, this is the time of year where people are, are at, at, you know, this is just the first weekend after the New Year's resolutions. And so people are, at this point, they're still on their diet. They're still exercising. Hopefully. Those are the two biggies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully you're still there. Yeah. And, of course, by February it wanes a little bit. That's right. And by the end of February most of us have just said, oh, forget it. But... 
<laughs> but there is one resolution that I hope uh, people can uh, can actually master, and and it is doable, and it's doable because you don't have to do it every day. You just do it, and then it's done. And I like that this. is to get your estate plan and your financial plan in order and to make them consistent to where they work together. That is something that does take a little bit of work. Um, you know, certainly you have to figure out what you have and how you have it mm-hmm. and how it's invested and those kinds of things. And, and you also have to figure out what you want to do with it. You know, it, it's, uh, it's interesting, but um, some of my younger clients, in other words, clients your age, uh, Jason, so I'm giving something away here, I guess, but <laughs> with younger children, um, you know, one of their biggest planning um, uh, uh, barriers is figuring out um, who would we want to take care of our children if something happened to us. And some folks have very few folks to choose from, and it's a very, very difficult decision. Now, now there's some lucky folks that have lots of folks they could choose from, family members mm-hmm. that live close by. But, you know, parents want to keep uh, keep their children generally in the same geographical area with people that know them and love them and would take good care of them and that sort of thing. And so figuring that out can be difficult. And then they have to figure out, okay, who's a reliable person who can invest their money in, in a trust and and to make sure that they're uh, taken care of in the way that the parents would want to take care of. So, you know, there are, there are a lot of uh, decisions that have to be made. Now, folks who are older, like me, and their children are grown, we don't have that kind of, of decisions to make. But we do need to figure out how – um, how we can take care of ourselves, not run out of money, mm-hmm. um, you know, find uh, help, financial help, if we get into a real pickle. Um, and how do we uh, transfer our resources, our assets, uh, to our children and grandchildren? And so, you know, um, for some folks, it's just real basic. Here it is. But you know, there most folks have situations where they really would like to put a, a wrapper around uh, an inheritance. They, and sometimes it's because children are, you know, now when I say children, I mean our children. They may be, you know, 60-year-old adults, but they're still our children. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, that uh, some people can't manage money well. Mm-hmm. Some people have... Um, issues with debt uh, or bankruptcies or creditors or bad marriages or the possibility of, uh, uh, of a marriage that doesn't last. Um, and, of course, there are, there are plenty of good ways that we can protect our children in terms of, of how we pass on our property because there's, there's, we, we do it every, every day in our, in our office at W.G. Alexander & Associates. That's one of the things we do. And um, so it's, it's important. But So the bottom line is I, I do hope that one of the resolutions that people were thinking about uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is how do we get our arms wrapped around 
our estate and uh, how do we how do we make our estate and our financial situation consistent with each other and then you know let's make a plan and I hope that they'll think about using WG Alexander and Associates as we're one really good option. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not say there are not some other good ones out there. There are. But uh, we're a good option for folks to, uh, to do that. And um, uh, it's not painful. <laughs> so, you make sure it's an easy process. Yeah, we try to make it an easy process. But it's, it is something that, uh, that people should do. And, of course, the, the other a uh, big issue that a lot of families um, recognize over the holidays, whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, is the fact that we see a deterioration in a loved one mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, oh, my, what are we going to do? How are we going to make sure that mom or dad is uh, taken care of? Uh, what are our options? How do we deal with it? Uh, what are the financial implications of it? Uh, and and those issues can be really serious because the cost of care uh, can be extremely high, and it's far more than what most people have available to pay for it. Um, I mean, generally, caregiving can be anywhere from several thousand dollars a month to seven or eight thousand or more mm-hmm. per month and that's just more than most people can afford and of course that's one reason that we do uh, monthly seminars uh, and of course one's coming up that's so right we want you to tell folks about that but uh, it's it's why we do the seminars it's because uh, it's uh, these are difficult issues for folks to deal with and understanding what assistance is out there for them, whether it's through veterans uh, benefits or through Medicare or Medicaid uh, or, uh, you know, the other um, benefit programs that are out there. And our seminar actually touches on all of the benefit programs that might be available in, uh, to folks in this area for um, uh, for caregiving uh, and the cost of it, and to, and most families will be shocked to know that they can actually uh, get these benefits if they just understand how to do it. Um, and so these these seminars are generally well attended, and they're certainly appreciated. And we hope folks will consider coming. It's it's one of those other resolutions uh, in terms of. Uh, knowledge is power, and to the degree that you understand what's out there and whether you can be eligible for it or not eligible for it. And the problem is that this is not something you can learn on your own. You really do have to uh, find someone who knows these uh, benefit programs and uh, can explain it to you because you can't read it in a book, you can't read it in a magazine or a newspaper, it doesn't exist. And there's so many, there's so much out there uh, in the community that's just plain wrong in terms of uh, whether a family can be eligible or not. It's really sad, but that's what makes these seminars so important. It is. It's a tremendously valuable resource. And again, it's all free, and we're going to tell you all about it in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGA Lot. WGA.com. I'm uh, <laughs> trying to change your web address, Bill. No, it's WGALaw.com. That's right. WGALaw.com. <laughs> Don't go anywhere else. Go there if you need more information. Uh, good morning to you. I am Jason Kong. And, Bill, we talked about it just before the break, but we've got a free seminar available to folks this Wednesday. Uh, we're doing three again, I assume. We are. Wednesday. At 10 o'clock, uh, 2 o'clock, and 6.30. Excellent. Excellent. Again, this is all about... Uh, tips for you if you're dealing with a long-term care situation, uh, VA benefits, we've got it all, and you're the man that can give it to us. There's uh, no food involved in this, but there's a tremendous amount of great information, and we highly encourage people to register ahead of time. You can do that at the website, wgalaw.com, or folks can give you a call in the office as well. Right, absolutely, and we hope they do. And of course, uh, anyone who's come to the seminar, they they know. Uh, and, of course, we get a lot of folks who uh, come to the seminar simply because other folks have told them about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is information-packed. Uh, it's, it's not a typical sales-type seminar that you see so often where you're invited to dinner and then you get this <laughs> uh, hard sell. Um, bottom line is we're going to give you as much information as you can possibly absorb on all of these benefit programs. It's educational uh, and uh, it's beneficial. Uh, I've never had anyone who thought it was a waste of their time. It is uh, basically, I won't call it action-packed, but it is certainly information-packed right. and, and it's uh, important information. And it's also information that will surprise just about everyone in terms of um, eligibility standards and how to become eligible and how to protect your assets at the same time because it it goes together. I mean, and you can – you can lose assets a couple different ways. Number one is not to plan, mm-hmm. and then you end up spending all your money trying to um, take care of yourself or your loved one uh, and without getting help. And, and we're there to help people uh, so that that does not happen. And then there's a second way that folks can lose um, all of their money, and, and that is because – uh, they think that they have to be destitute in order to receive Medicaid, uh, and so they don't seek assistance uh, in that sense, and they lose their money that way. Or the last way is because uh, they they end up getting Medicaid, but they don't protect their home or and other assets that might be available to them. Um, from what's called Medicaid estate recovery. And again, that's where we help people protect their assets so that uh, the state doesn't take it away once they go on Medicaid. So, you know, there's all of those edges, if you will, where you can get cut pretty badly uh, if you don't seek help. And that's why coming to the seminar is really a first step in understanding what's out there and, and all of the things that can be helpful to families. 
Yeah, and if you uh, there's there's so many of these individual silos uh, that you know folks may have some information about, mm-hmm. but uh, you have a, a excellent overview of how all these worlds sort of interconnect and uh, all the information and resources available to you, which is a unique perspective. Well, it is unique because there are very few of us who really have a very broad perspective over the law and uh, financial situations that go with it because it's it's like a lot of things. You can be right on the law and wrong on the money, mm-hmm. or you can be right on the money and wrong on the law. <laughs> and so making sure you have both sides covered and covered properly and covered well is is what good planning is is all about um and so it's well it's uh, these issues are just so important and so again here's a another resolution for those families who are concerned about either immediate long-term care needs in their family or the potential for long-term needs in the family now or later, um, then they really should resolve to come to our seminar to learn what they can uh, about how these programs work and how they fit into these programs and how they can fit into these programs uh, safely and preserve their resources at the same time. You know, one of the biggest issues for... um, uh, uh, spouses when their loved one is sick and needing care um, is is worrying about becoming impoverished because they're spending all of their joint assets on the care of one uh, and you see the decline in your your nest egg you know by right. five or ten thousand dollars a month and you're going oh my goodness is there going to be enough left for me so that's Another reason why people need to know about the information that we give out for free in in our seminars each month. And so uh, we hope to see a good crowd, uh, you know, next Wednesday. Yep, absolutely. And again, you can register online, wgalaw.com. And uh, this is Wednesday, January 10th three different times for you to choose from, and this is at Independence Village, Raleigh, and uh, it's, again, a great opportunity, and we hope to see uh, as many people as we can out there. So it will mm-hmm. be uh, a lot of fun to see. And, Bill, you know, we, we talk a lot about these long-term care situations, and uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about caregiving and mm-hmm. some of the pitfalls that people can fall into in a caregiving situation. Uh, absolutely. Um, you have to start with the fact that uh, there's a real disconnect for the large percentage of us uh, because in terms of being an optimist versus reality. And here's the issue. The great majority of us, um, we're optimists, and it's sort of like it's not going to happen to us, so why should we plan for it? Why should we worry about these horrible expenses that they see their friends having to, mm-hmm. to spend? You know, that's the optimist in us. And what we're really saying is we sure do hope it doesn't happen to us. Right. But the reality is that to the degree we turn 65 uh, – and even if we're still healthy at, at this age, which most of us are, um, the bottom line is there's a high percentage of us. And in fact, it's almost the same percentage of us who are optimists that think that it won't happen to us. 
about 70% of us will actually have a serious long-term care crisis. And here's the good news for me, the bad news for uh, the ladies out there is that the percentage is higher for the ladies mm. than it is for the men. And so uh, the, what I'm really getting at is the fact that uh, the great majority of families out there do not have long-term care insurance where there is a huge risk that they will lose everything because they don't have good planning. And so uh, with a lot of things, insurance is your first line of defense. It's not your only line of defense, but it's your best line of defense. And so for those folks who are young enough to get it and healthy enough to get it and can afford it, it's something that people should look at very seriously and uh, the, the old rules about long-term care insurance don't really apply anymore. Uh, a lot of folks waited until their late 50s and early 60s to even think about long-term care insurance because it really came at a time where, well, I'm thinking about retiring mm-hmm. and what are the issues that I face in retirement? And before you came to that, you didn't think about long-term care insurance. And now, if you wait until your late 50s or early 60s, it's too expensive. I, I mean, it's uh, the—it's not—and and here's the other thing. It seems expensive, I should say, because the dollars are higher than what most people would like to spend for any kind of insurance. However— when you factor in the risk that the insurance company is taking, uh, in in essence, to insure you, um, it's about the cheapest insurance that you can actually purchase mm. uh, as it relates to the risk that is uh, that you're actually in, and and I make it equivalent to, and it's actually a fair. Um, equivalency. A long-term care crisis is the equivalent of your home burning down with everything in it without insurance. That's what it costs. Uh, And that's a pretty reliable figure, quite frankly. Um, But, and everybody has homeowner's insurance uh, and fire insurance, but guess what? What you're paying for fire, I mean, what you're paying for that insurance is outrageously expensive for the risk because the risk of a catastrophic fire is, you know, less than a tenth of one one hundredth of a percent. Um, so when you're paying, you know, eight, nine hundred, two thousand, three thousand dollars a year for that homeowner's insurance, you're basically getting ripped off. Right. I mean, I don't care what they say. that you're, you're getting ripped off because of the probability of risk. But when it comes to long-term care insurance, and okay, yeah, maybe it may cost you two, three, even four or $5,000 a year, the risk is so high and the, and the cost is so high that it's really a, um, a value Insurance, but with that said, I'm I'm not talking to the choir here because very few people get the insurance, um, and and if you wait too late, then it does become too expensive relating to your retirement income because you can't think about it 
as can I afford it right now while I'm making lots of money. Right. No, no, no. You have to, can I afford it when I retire, either through my nest egg or through retirement income? And, and that's a more difficult thing. Now, here's the other thing. For those fortunate parents who have children who are doing absolutely great financially, you know, if the parents can't afford it, because, you know, sometimes um, uh, parents have just been good parents and they haven't don't have a whole lot of money, but their children have done great and they're very successful. This is where the children should turn around and do something for the parents. And one of the the best things they can do is to purchase long-term care insurance for their parents and, and make sure it gets paid. And guess what that does for the child? It takes the burden off the child exactly. if and when parent or one of the parents, um, you know, needs needs the care. And and so uh, now, does that happen? Rarely does it happen. You know, it's the kind of thing where oftentimes it's far easier for for folks who are doing well financially to pay someone else to do the caregiving rather than giving up their job and and doing the caregiving themselves. And oftentimes I, I see families actually make that mistake where they give up a good job in order to um, take care of, of a loved one. Uh, and while that's very meaningful and thoughtful uh, financially, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, and so that's one of the pitfalls of caregiving. If you've given up a really good job to be a full-time caregiver, which I see people do, um, once that caregiving is over, your your you know parent has died, getting back in the workforce and and getting the same level position that you had before is extremely hard to do, almost impossible to do. Um, and so that's that's a huge pitfall for caregiving. And there's a, a lot of others that uh, I guess we need to talk about. Uh, I know we need to take a break, but we'll come back with some of the other pitfalls that people need to think about. We will do just that. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. That's also a good place to register for our free seminar this Wednesday, January 10th. Uh, you can find plenty of free information about long-term care, uh, VA benefits. It's something that we do the second Wednesday of every month, and it's a wonderful opportunity for folks to get free information from Bill on these programs. And uh, we, we don't feed anyone, but we, we do feed your mind with plenty of great <laughs> and satisfying information. Well, Bill, let's uh, let's continue our conversation. We were talking about pitfalls of caregiving, and uh, you, you mentioned uh, uh, you don't want to give up a, a very good job because uh, finding yourself uh, getting back into the workforce for after a, an extended period can be challenging. What are some other well, pitfalls? Well, uh, first of all, I don't want people to think that I don't want families to do what is necessary to keep a loved one at home. 
I think that's really the best possible situation uh, in every case. Um, uh, the, the question is who's going to do the caregiving. But right. but the bottom line is, is, is a loved one better off at home than they are in any kind of assisted living or nursing home? And the answer is almost always, not always, but almost always, absolutely they're better off because they're getting one-on-one care right. as opposed to being one out of 20 or one out of 10 uh, people who um, – get care some, but they really don't get looked after the way you would would like. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) there are a lot of things in terms of personal caregiving, and and this will sound funny, but one's diet. Uh, One of the things that just really sort of blows my mind as it relates to facilities is that rarely do the facilities accommodate uh, dietary needs. And just think about that. If, if you've got diabetes or if you've got allergies or if you've got other issues that relate to diet, um, most – I mean, I'm not aware of any nursing home or assisted living home that actually accommodates um, unique dietary needs. And it's really sad to me that that's the case. So obviously that's another reason to be at home. But – Okay, here's an issue that uh, happens occasionally, and I, I want to share how I resolve it. Um, let's say that a person has given up a job, but it wasn't a real high-paying job, but it was something, you know, in, in other words, I'm going to uh, come home and take care of mom or take care of dad or both of them, uh, make sure they're okay. Well, hopefully, um, you know, most people who do that, are actually giving up their highest earning years, and that's pretty sad, uh, even though it's a blessing for the parents. Uh, So it takes a big-hearted person to do that sort of thing. Um, So, uh, But here's the other thing. Um, Should they be paid? And, and the answer is absolutely if the resources are available uh, for that. And sometimes the parent's income is enough to pay the child to take care, just like they would another caregiver. That Now, when you, when you have a situation like that, it is extremely important that whatever relationship that is, that it must be in writing. Uh, and that's important because, as I say frequently, do, do sick people ever get sicker? And everybody <laughs>, laughs. And, uh, yeah, of course th- that happens all the time. And there are plenty of, of situations where um, a family member can take care of a loved one for a period of time, and then it gets uh, out of their control. In other words, they just cannot do it. It's impossible to do it safely. And a nursing home is necessary. Well, guess what? If you don't have your caregiving uh, agreement in writing, then if and when you apply for Medicaid, you're in trouble because Medicaid assumes that your caregiving is for love and affection. And if it's not in writing and your parents have actually paid you, which I hope they have, then those payments are considered sanctionable transfers. And 
hence they're penalized and will keep the parent off of Medicaid, which exacerbates a bad situation already. So caregiving contracts with family members need to be in writing. Now, truthfully, even if you're hiring other people, it is better if those uh, caregiving agreements are in writing as well. But if it's a family member, it's a must. It has to be in writing. Um, That's just the way it is. And so that's really important as it relates uh, to that. But let's say that you're one of three or four children. Uh, Now, Family attitudes vary a whole lot, but I would say the majority, and this is sad, but the majority of families out there, you know, they know that moms, dad, and Will says that when they die, there's an equal division among the children. Well, guess what? Even if one child has been the caregiver for the last five or ten years, the majority of siblings expect their equal share when the parent dies, even though that can be totally inequitable and unfair to the person who is the, the caregiver. So again, this is an issue that can be a pitfall. So number one, it needs to be in writing. But let's say that mom and dad can contribute, but they really don't have enough money to pay a fair wage for the caregiver, okay, mm-hmm. is oftentimes mom and dad own a home, uh, which at death would normally be divided equally. Now, I've seen a lot of caregivers come in and say, well, mom and dad are going to tr- transfer their house to me, and I'm going to take care of them the rest of their lives. Well, that is not a fair or equitable solution. It's not what should happen. And why is that? Because oftentimes this happens after mom or dad or both are very old and very sick and their life expectancies can be very short. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the house is the biggest asset that they have that would normally be divided equally among the children. So what I do in that situation is I do what's called a revolving promissory note in other words, let's say mom and dad can pay caregiver $1,000, but the caregiver should get 3000 or $3,500 a month. Well, then we have a promissory note. It's sort of like a, uh, a you know, Belk credit card, if you will, where uh, you can charge more and more and more to, to the card. And that's what a revolving note does. It allows you to increase the debt each month. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, with most credit cards, they have a limit. Now, what we do is we do a revolving promissory note for the difference in what's not being paid. So that's added to the debt each month, and then we secure it with the house. And that way, uh, let's say that the caregiver only um, has to um, uh, do the caregiving for two years before mom and dad are both deceased. Well, okay, so we've, we've had uh, $2,500 a month for 24 months. And, of course, that's not a small amount of money, but the house is worth a whole lot more than that. So the debt is secured by the promissory note. So when the house is sold to divide it up, the caregiver actually gets the money 
that should have been earned during the the period of caregiving. But then again, let's say it takes 10 years. Well, if you've really worked that hard, more than likely the debt is more than the value of the house. So you, in essence, get the house. But the, using the revolving promissory note actually solves both problems and protects not only the caregiver, but it also protects the other children who are not doing the caregiving from uh, the caregiver taking unfair advantage of mom and dad. Yeah. So, good solution. That's a very unique tool, and I'm sure it could uh, uh, solve some heartache down the road. Mm-hmm. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong. Uh, welcome to the first 2018 edition of Asset Protection Today. Bill Alexander here. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. You can also uh, register there for the seminar this Wednesday, January 10th. That's a free seminar for everyone. That's three different seminars throughout the day, and you can find the times there as well. Uh, all about long-term care. Uh, uh, benefits available to folks as well as VA benefits. You can find a lot of information about these programs. And Bill, we're having a conversation all about caregiving, which is becoming more and more popular. Well, you know, if you think about it, uh, when we're talking about resolutions, it's how do we take care, better care of ourselves? How do we take better care of our families? Um, that's what New Year's resolutions are all about. That's why we start exercising again and why we reduce our diet, you know, intake. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's because it's better for us, you know. Well, you know, when it comes to caregiving, um, oftentimes families put too much of the focus on the loved one who needs care and not enough focus on the caregiver. And so I, I, I always try in our counseling to balance it out. Because who do you think the caregiver is most of the time? It's usually a, a spouse. Child, right. No, it's oh, normally spouse. a spouse. Okay. I mean, and, unless there's no spouse, typically the spouse is the caregiver. And um, it, it, the, the bottom line is, is that um, oftentimes family, they don't come in to help soon enough mm-hmm. or often enough. Uh, and what I try to tell families is please focus on the caregiver's needs because it's not just a financial situation. Oftentimes the spouse is the caregiver uh, out of love and affection, and, and sometimes it's out of financial Um, you know, we don't want to impoverish ourselves. We'd rather be the caregiver, you know, those kinds of Mm -hmm. things and take care of things. But um, the bottom line is, is that it's hard work being a caregiver. It is stressful being a caregiver. And it takes you away from the things that you really want to do. And a lot of folks, you know, doing it for a little while, is um, it's not a big deal. But if you do it every day, every day, every day, and and you can't do the things you want to do because of it, Mm -hmm. because you're basically stuck with a ball and chain, it is a very, very stressful situation. You know, I I helped to take care of my brother who um, 
he's had congestive heart failure and he's been weak. Uh, and he's in an independent living situation and he now has a caregiver. But, you know, I go, for instance, over the holidays, I went over uh, to give the caregiver time off and, and basically take care of my brother and brought him to my house uh, typically to eat. He loves to eat. Uh, but, okay, I, I go over there and I, you know, get up, go go over there in the morning. I have to get him out of bed, get him dressed, which is actually a, a process. Typically, I'll try to give him a shower before that. Uh, and every step is difficult. He's weak. Uh, you know, fortunately, he can with difficulty stand up and put one foot in front of the others, but with great difficulty. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, getting him, you know, um, cleaned and dressed takes a good hour or more, (laughs) Uh, if not longer. Uh, and, And then to get him in the car is difficult. And then to bring him home and Get him in the wheelchair, and then get him up the steps and yeah. into the house, and then to take him to the bathroom when he needs to go to the bathroom. It's difficult, and you know I'm just doing it, you know, on special days. Uh, but to do it every day, yeah, I mean it would be really, really, really hard. So I cannot. I can't tell people enough that focus on the caregiver. Give the caregiver rest. Give the caregiver respite. I see it all the time, particularly with spouses that feel guilty about trying to take off time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, they need that time to themselves. They need to do be able to do something that they can enjoy and to get away from the caregiving in order to be a better, better caregiver. It's just like, can you work 24-7, 365 days a year without a break and still be good at what you do? Absolutely not. Yep. You got to take a break. Well, caregiving is much the same way. And so you got to be able – the caregivers got to have things that they can enjoy by themselves or with other family members where they're away from that caregiving. And that's a focus that every family needs to recognize. That's a wonderful point, and we hope that uh, folks take that to heart because, as you said, man, caregiving, that is a, a tremendous task, and uh, it's, uh, it's a huge responsibility and definitely something that – uh, needs to be addressed because the, these folks do need some respite and you, you can't can't do it 24-7 as you said. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. And Bill, we uh, we got to get out of here pretty soon, but we got enough time to remind folks that we've uh, got free seminars this Wednesday, January 10th. You can find more information at the website, WGALaw.com. We do ask that you register in advance, but this is a great opportunity for a lot of people. Well, I could just say this. If you think you know how Medicaid works uh, for caregiving uh, and financial situations, you don't. <laughs> if you think you know how VA benefits work uh, and how to receive them, you really don't. 
Uh, and this seminar can clear that up for you with good, accurate information where you're not depending on somebody that just knows a little bit about these programs. And so the seminar is a really good place to come in order to, to educate yourself. You're not going to find a source with that valuable amount of information. We hope that you'll uh, take advantage of that. Again, WGALaw.com is the website to register. We are out of time. We hope you'll join us again next week, Saturday at 11, for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great day.